Hi, and welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Evening Community Podcast. We're a church community in Sydney, Australia, who are passionate about pursuing God together and seeing the world changed by His love. We hope this message challenges and inspires you. For more talks and other resources, please visit our website, www.northridge.org.au. Tonight is a really special night for us because we're talking about our vision as a community. Um, But before we dive into that, the question I want to ask us, um, and I want you to answer this inside your mind, uh, is why did you come to church tonight? I'll give you a moment to think about the answer to that. Why did you come to church tonight? Now, the, um, the honest answer might be because that's just what you do every Sunday evening. It's just part of it. It's in your calendar, so you go. Um, it might be uh, because you uh, have friends that come here, and this is part of your, your social network. This is how you um, keep you know, connected with the people in your world that you really like. Uh, maybe it's because you're paid to be here, uh, like Jen and I. Um, you know, there could, be all, like, there could be all sorts of different answers to that question, right? Um, and, and if you're honest with yourself, some of them might be good reasons, some of them might be bad reasons, there might be more than one. But let's just zoom out a little bit. Um, and I ask that question from sort of a more long-term perspective. Like, what, what are you hoping to achieve by coming to this place? What do you want by being part of this community? What are you hoping um, will happen inside of you? Um, what are you hoping that this community will provide to you? And what are you hoping that you can provide to this community? And where do you see it going? You know, I think coming back to this fundamental central question of why do we do what we do is so important to do from time to time. Um, you know, I, I really firmly believe that the, the Lord has this community here for a reason. There is something special that he wants to do here that he, he can't or doesn't want to do through um, some of the many other beautiful um, churches that are just a few minutes drive from here. Um, I really firmly believe that God is doing something special in this community. Uh, and that's not to say that I think that we're the ones who finally got the gospel right and, and we need, like, you know, the whole world needs what we have. But there's a special purpose that we're here for, and tonight is about unpacking that. If you read the weekly emails, um, I provided this, this little uh, cute little anecdote. I used to play soccer um, quite badly, but I got some good anecdotes out of it, and so it was worth it. Um, but one of them is that when you wanna, if you want to kick the ball into the goal, you need to look where you want the ball to go. And I think that's just so true of life, right? You know, my hope is that um, in 12 months' time, in two years, in three years, five, ten years' time, I don't want what we do here to be exactly the same. I don't want this um, to look the same, not because what we have now isn't really special, it is. But God has more for us. There is more that's waiting to be discovered as a community. And so that's what tonight's all about. That's why we talk about community. Um, So... Vision. If you've been around for a little while, you will know that there is a particular passage of Scripture that's very dear to our hearts. Um, it's from Acts chapter 2. It's, what, it's this passage that describes what church was like immediately after the Holy Spirit was poured out. So Jesus ascended to heaven after his ministry, and then he sent the Holy Spirit to empower the church to do its ministry. And this passage describes what church was like in those early few days, weeks, and years. So we're going to read this passage together. Uh, if you have a Bible, and it's a New King James Version, why don't you open it up? 
Anyone? I didn't think so. Um, we're going to... So we, we love this passage in this community, and we read it reasonably often. Um, so I want to read it from a slightly different translation than the one that you're probably used to. Um, I love the... So we don't read from the King James very often these days. This is slightly tangential, I'm sorry, but it's interesting. Uh, we don't often read from the King James these days because it was translated about 400 years ago, um, and it was an incredibly significant document, but there have been hundreds of years of... Um, people working out how to translate the Bible really well. And so we have what I would say is better translations. Um, But one of the beautiful things about the KJV, King James Version, is that it was translated with the purpose of being read aloud. And so some of the language that they use is to try and um, help convey this sense of of what the scriptures are saying um, when you're not necessarily reading it and you don't have the option of circling back and rereading. So, And I just, I, I actually read... Um, the New King James Version of this passage this week. And there was a few words that just really grabbed my heart in a new way. You know, I've read this passage so many times. Um, but we're going to read from the New King James together. It's going to come up on the screen. And it says this, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles'. Now all who believed were together, had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved." What a beautiful passage of Scripture, right? What an incredible, incredible picture of what church can look like. You know, we've got um, these, these devoted followers of Jesus meeting together daily, um, praying, um, getting into their word, um, having time together, having fellowship. It's this beautiful picture of what a thriving, like pulsing church that's full of the Holy Spirit can look like. And yet, one of the key differences between them and us is that they didn't have 2,000 years of church baggage. You know, it's interesting, like, you know when you start something new and, like, you just, you're so excited by it and everything's new and fresh and different, and then after, like, two years, you're like, oh, man, this is still going. Um, what does it look like? What does this look like in our modern context? How does this translate to a church that is trying to honour God and build his kingdom after 2,000 years of church baggage. There's kind of two things that I think um, I would say to that. The first one, and this is when we talk vision as a community, this is normally what we talk about. It's that the first thing is that God, through his spirit, would transform us. So that's thing number one. And what that means is that if Jesus' message is as good as we say it is, then we should naturally expect this church community to grow. If the message really is that good, the default experience of the church should be growth, right? And so we would expect to be continuing to grow. Now, obviously, that means we're growing in numbers. Um, Our our hope is that in 2020, um, our community would grow to be over 100 people in size. Now, we've been hovering at around this 80 people mark who call the evening community home for probably 12 months now. Um, And we've had some new people come and join us recently, which is really fun. Um, But our hope is that we will continue to grow in numbers. 
but not just that we would grow larger, like I said before, that we would also grow deeper. Um, the word that Jen and I had over this year, as I said, is spiritual maturity. You know, we really believe that God wants to show us not just what it means to be a big church, but a church that really gets who he is, that has a depth of relationship with Father God, that know what it is to be the church that God hopes that we would be. And as, mu- as, as, as much as we grow larger and as we grow deeper, we also want to be a church that multiplies. Our vision is that as we continue to grow, as we continue to learn more and to become better disciples of Jesus, that we will be able to plant other communities out of this one. Whether that's new Northridge communities or new venue communities, we want to see new churches planted so that God's kingdom can continue to grow beyond just what we have here. That our hope is that they would take some of this DNA and this passion that we have with them. So that's what we, what we often talk about when we talk about vision, is what we want us to look like, how we want to be transformed. But it's funny, I was reading, I was reading through the first 10 chapters of Acts uh, this week, and something that you notice uh, is that the church didn't just exist for its own benefit. And tonight, the, the part of our vision that we really want to hone in on is this sense of community transformation. As a community who are growing, um, who are doing life together, who are pursuing God together, how are we actually impacting the world outside the four walls of this church? Kath um, asked this really challenging question to Jen and I this week. Um, She said, she's giving me eyes, she's like, what did I say? Um, She said, if we stop meeting together, tomorrow, would our wider community notice? Now, I don't want you to go too far with that question because we're still, like, we're working this stuff out as we go, right? So I don't want us to beat ourselves up about that, but would, would, our, would the people in our area notice if we stopped meeting together, if we shut up shop and we moved on? It's really interesting, as Jen and I have um, done this pastoring gig, we've had the opportunity to uh, visit lots of different churches in our area and also around the world, and one of the things that you notice is the churches, that, um, the churches that have been doing it well for a long time become really interconnected with their local area and become part of the fabric of not just what happens on a Sunday, but also what happens day to day outside of the walls. Um, there was this one church we visited. Um, they, they realized that they live in quite a small town. And they realized that crime was rising really quickly, and they were trying to figure out why that was. So they talked to the council, and they found out that there weren't enough police officers because they didn't have enough funding to actually fund enough police officers to stay on top of what was going on. And so the church rallied together, and they actually raised the money to pay the salary for another police officer, and they found that crime in their, in their community went down. Now, that's just, that's just like a one-off thing that they did um, to bless the community, but um, there's, other, there's other ventures. So there's a, uh, there's a church up in Brisbane, another vineyard church called Pine Rivers, and they, they have a ministry called the Mercy Centre. Um, and they're known in their community as the church that runs the Mercy Centre. Um, and they minister to the poor, the homeless, and the needy every single day in their community. And if they shut up shop, their community would notice big time. At Northridge here, we are, we're so blessed to have the storehouse, which is a ministry that provides um, free new clothes um, to families who are going through really hard times for their kids. And some of the stories that have come that, out of that have been really incredible. Um, but the point is that um, mature, uh, thriving communities 
that have been doing it well for a long time get really integrated with their community and bring the love of Jesus in really tangible, practical ways. We don't just exist for our benefit. Our hope is that as a community of people, we could not just tell people about the love of God, but we could show it through the way that we bless our communities. So that's what I think this Acts 2 vision looks like today in our context. But more specifically, what does it actually look like for us? Now, I'll be really upfront and, and, and say that we're, we're basically making this up as we go along. We're trying to figure this out. We're trying to wait on the Lord, see what he has to say. And so we're not going to come with a uh, really neatly packaged strategy. I'm really sorry. I was hoping to do that, but we just can't Um, because God's involved and he likes to do things his way. But what we do is we have some ideas. We have some thoughts about what God might be stirring in our community. And so we kind of want to put it out there. uh, And if God goes, like, if he kind of points to you for any one of these things, please come and talk to us because we need help desperately. Um, So what does this actually look like for us? Well, one of the first things that's really helpful is to begin asking the question, well, what does our community actually need? Because if we provide a a beautiful ministry that no one needs, then we've wasted a lot of time and money. Um, One of the... There's there's a bunch of different ways to um, answer that question, but two of the ones that spring to mind uh, is we live in Sydney, Right? Most of us live in Sydney. Uh, Sydney is a really expensive place to live. In fact, it's one of the most expensive places in the world. So if you are young, trying to get on your feet, uh, and particularly if you have parents that didn't really like talking about money, which a lot of our parents didn't, um, how do you find out how to manage your finances well? And so one of the little projects that we've been working on behind the scenes uh, with uh, tall man Sean over there and with Jimmy and Katie, who are um, on their way back from the US right now, uh, is setting up like a, a finance and budgeting workshop that we can put on as a community, not just for us, but also so that we can invite our friends and people outside. Um, and with, so we can basically help people, give some, some starting tips on how to actually look after your money properly, how to afford living in Sydney. Um, love on the community with absolutely no strings attached. So watch this space. We're going to be letting you know a bit more about that soon. Um, Another thing that God has kind of weighed, particularly in my heart, um, and I know there's one or two others who have this same passion um, who are here tonight, um, but we live in an area that has a lot of artists and creatives, a lot of really creative people, and our local area doesn't have a lot of outlet for people who are wired that way. Uh, We ran this course called Recreate uh, a few months ago, and it was incredibly successful um, the guy who run it is a good friend of mine. His name's Carl. He lives down in Tasmania. He's a vineyard guy. And he was blown away by how many people came to the course, um, which is really exciting. And even today, I was actually hearing a story of someone who, uh, who had been really profoundly impacted by it and has begun um, doing a whole lot of poetry writing, um, which is really exciting, really fun. Um, but... I really believe there's more than just putting on a course. So something Jen and I are going to be doing, and hey, if this grabs your heart, maybe come and chat to us, is we want to start meeting more of these uh, creatively wired people in our community and thinking about how we can actively bless them. Because you know what? I, I, I don't believe that creativity, um, I don't believe that art is a decoration. I actually think that creative expression is central um, to this kingdom mission of revealing God's goodness to the world.
And so, yeah, we want to we do that. Another thing that we have been thinking about, and in fact, there was some research that came up uh, across our desks this week. We were going through this with some of the community pastors. I just want you to have a look at this uh, graph for a moment. Non-Christians' openness to exploring religion. And reading from the bottom, 77% say they are unlikely or would not consider exploring religion. 13% said they would consider. And 10% say that they are very interested and quite open. Now, when I first saw that statistic, I was pretty sad that two-thirds of people surveyed who aren't Christian said they are unlikely or not interested in exploring religion. Uh, But I want us to kind of read that the other way around. And so if you look at 13% would consider and 10% are very interested slash quite open, that means that 23% of people, or about one in four people, are potentially open to exploring Jesus. So when you go to the shops, you count every four people that you're walking past, every one, one in every four of those people are actually potentially interested in finding out more about Jesus. Now, if we're the church, we're the people who supposedly uh, understand Jesus the best, if we have all of these people that we're walking past every day who are potentially interested in exploring religion, how do we go about helping people to do that? Not shoving it down their throats, not yelling it at them, not just telling, about, telling them about it, but actually how do we give people a space where they can explore for themselves and find out if this Jesus guy is worth following? Well, we do actually have a very neatly packaged answer for that, and it's called the Alpha Course. Now, we ran an Alpha Course uh, in the first part of this year, and we had a whole bunch of people coming to check out and explore Jesus, which is really exciting. Um, And something that we've become aware of is that we really needed to do a better job of sharing some of those stories from the front, so watch this space. Um, But we have another Alpha course. We had a taster night on Thursday night, which was really fantastic. Um, A bunch of us got together, watched one of the Alpha um, uh, movies that they produced, and we talked about how do we actually make this a space where you really can bring non-Christian friends who are interested in exploring Jesus and make it a safe space. You know, Alpha's not a course that's designed to trick people into being Christians. That's not what it is, but I think sometimes it can seem like that. It's about creating a safe space for people to explore. So um, keep an eye out, and we're going to um, give you a date for that really soon. But that's going to start again soon. And once again, we're going to be uh, partnering with the morning community and running that, which is really exciting. Another thing that we're aware of, uh, which is a need, which, is, which goes beyond just our immediate area, um, but applies to the, the wider vineyard church in Australia, um, is this, this, this desire um, for worship that reflects the vineyard heart. Uh, in the early days of the vineyard, one of the, um, one of the beautiful things uh, that the vineyard brought was, was simple songs, songs that, songs that anyone could sing, songs that were personal, songs that were intimate, And we've been really blessed with a strong worship community here at Northridge. And something that we really want to do is we want to bless our movement um, with the worship that we're writing here. And we sang one of those songs tonight. Now, last year, we we had a really fun uh, night. It was, I think, a Thursday night. We got about 50 of us up in the youth room. We had a little acoustic band, and we uh, we sang some of our songs together, recorded it, uh, and put it on Spotify. And we we have, like, at one of our uh, tracks... Uh, Nothing Can Take Your Love Away hit 1,000 plays a couple of weeks ago, which is very exciting. Uh, and we, we, have like, we have like 30 to 50 monthly listeners, which is a, a bit more than I expected, if I'm honest. 
Um, it's really encouraging. Um, but particularly Maddie and I, and also a few others, um, have been working really hard uh, at writing songs, and we've got at least seven more that we're keen to record, uh, some of which we've introduced, some of which we haven't. Um, but our heart is in the next six months to, uh, to do another live recording. We, just, we love that format so much because it's not just the band that gets to be part of it, but we all get to be part of it. And I think that was really special about the last one. So watch this space. Now, we, we really want to, as a community, we want to have a positive impact um, on, on the people around us and on, on the community around us. Um, but I think it's also quite important that at the same time, we don't have a negative impact, um, and particularly on the environment and on the planet. So Jen's going to come and she's going to tell us a little bit about that. Cool. I'm just going to grab a prop. Two props. All right. Who likes coffee? Yeah. Yeah, I like coffee too. Apparently, I, my, our baby doesn't like it at the moment, so I'm very sad about that. Um, so we are going to be moving to single-use cups. Away from single-use cups. <laughs> We're doing really well. Oh, my goodness. This is very rehearsed. Um, so we are moving away from single-use cups. Um, we, so the office girls have done some little bit of research and they worked out that we have been using thousands of plastic and paper cups every year and they're just being thrown away and chucked into landfill, which is very boring, not very useful. And so we've come up this, with this fun solution. Um, we're passing around some of these, so we're moving to these husky cups. And what they are is they're entirely sustainable. They are made from the recycled hus husk of a coffee. What do you call it? Hang on, you're a coffee person, Ange. What do you, I forgot. It's a coffee husk? Husk of a bean. A coffee bean husk. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's made from this sustainable material. Um, and... I mean, it'll break down over time, uh, but they're just an awesome, awesome little invention, um, and we're really excited about it. So, we are going to be guinea pigs in the evening community. We've, um, we're putting through an order, I think, this week of our first 48 cups, and we're going to give them a go. Um, so, tea and coffee is going to be in these bad boys, and um, the other fun thing is... If you are a water drinker, you may have seen that we have, I am definitely a water drinker, um, we have a filtered tap out in the foyer, which Felipe so kindly installed for us. So we've got a bubbler and we've got um, a filtered tap. So if you want to drink water in the evening, either use the bubbler or bring a reusable water, uh, water bottle along because um, we don't want to use all these plastic cups because we're getting rid of them. Well, are we getting rid of them? How do you get rid of them? Are we going to recycle them? Well, I'm guessing we're going to recycle them. We have, I haven't thought through this bit. We've got people in the office who are looking after it, who are all, all about being green and who are organising all of this for us. So we're really excited that we're shifting away um, and shifting towards these husky cups. So bring your water bottle, be good to the planet. Um, we want to kind of, we want to cheer on the rest of the church in that um, and lead the way. The other thing that we have been dreaming about, and we had this idea about a year ago, um, has anyone noticed when you come into the car park that there's this metal scaffolding against the wall? Yeah? Yes? Maybe? 
No, no one has because no one's saying anything. Okay, some people have. Okay, cool. So there's this metal scaffolding and it, no offence, but it looks pretty ugly. And so we had this thought, what if it could be a green wall? Like what if it was full of herbs and veggies or like, I don't know, just plants that, um, that bring this place to life. When you walk into the car park, it's like it just draws you in. And on a Sunday, hey, you need some rosemary? Go get your rosemary. You need some coriander? Sean, I'm looking at you. <laughs> you get your coriander. How cool would that be to have a, a living space on the wall of our church? So we've just had this dream. I think we've chatted to a couple of people about how it could happen. Um, we are not those people. We have no idea how to make that happen. So if that kind of grabs your heart and you're like, I love green things, I love building stuff, I know how this could work, like come chat to us because we'd, we'd love to make that a space for our um, clever creative people to come together and, and do something with it. Christoph. Oh, I get to keep going. Awesome. Oh, there's a piece of paper here that tells me exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, so we've talked about um, serving inside our walls, serving in our area, but we also have a focus, like a global focus as well. So um, many of you will know that we have a partnership with, or really good relationship with Raw Impact. So Raw is building this sustainable, you see on the, on the picture here, we're building a sustainable village for about 120 to 130 slum families in Phnom Penh, um, entirely out of bamboo. So this is phase one of the building, um, and we've started on phase two. So this ne- the, the dirt that you can see over this side, um, we've just started, I'm saying we because I work for them as well as Northridge, uh, but we've just started building there. Um, as well, which is really, really exciting. But we have this heart as a community to to bless the the, the globe, really. And so we've partnered with these guys in Cambo, um, and we have this amazing opportunity to go over every year and to bless the guys who are who are doing the long haul on the ground there, who are trying to raise up um, people out of poverty, um, who are trying to train locals who are training locals to have sustainable livelihoods, um, who are training them how to, um, how to actually raise a family in a healthy way. So we just have the privilege of getting to go and do that each year. And so I just want to encourage you that if that grabs your heart and you're like, oh, I'd, I would love to go serve and I'd love to build or I'd, I'd love to go work alongside families, um, come chat to me because we've got a trip in January um, and we've got an awesome crew from the evening who are coming, but we'd love to have you there. Um, it's just such an important part of walking out our faith as well, of being the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, and this is just a really fun way that we get to do it. So that's me, Christoph. <laughs> so uh, this sounds exhausting, <laughs> honestly. And does anyone want to do all of that themselves? How do we actually do this in a way that's sustainable, that makes sense, given that we all leave, lead incredibly busy, modern lives? Um, the word that the Lord gave me um, for this, how do, we actually, how do we actually carry out some of these dreams that we have? Uh, he gave me this picture of scaffolding. Uh, nothing to do with the scaffolding out there. Uh, if you want to build a structure and you want it to be higher than 
here, you need some kind of structure to go up that allows you to build there, right? So if you want to build a, uh, a large tower, you put up scaffolding uh, that is the height of the tower and it allows you to actually, to actually get up there. It allows you to big, build something that's bigger than yourself, right? As a community of people, um, we need to put systems and structures, uh, we need to put things in place so that as the Lord keeps bringing people and keeps giving us new dreams, we can actually follow through on them. I, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but can you imagine what would happen if next Sunday evening 250 people showed up? It'd be awesome. Like, worship would just go off. You know, it'd be so like... But we'd run into some problems, wouldn't we? First of all, there's only so many welcome packs on the welcome table. There's only so many car parking spaces in the car park. Um, and you see how God, like, doing a massive move like that, if we don't have the structures, if we don't have the scaffolding in place, then how are we going to love those people well? How are we going to minister to them? How are we going to find life groups for them? How are we going to help them to connect with the Lord individually? So, what is our scaffolding? There's a few things that I want to mention. Um, and the first one is probably that... Uh, for any of this to happen, we need quality leaders. It all happens when people catch the vision and run with it and bring others along. Now, the main way that we need to develop new leaders in the kingdom is through exactly what Jesus modeled, which is discipleship. Um, Jesus got 12 fairly random guys around him. He showed them how to live a kingdom lifestyle, and they went on to absolutely change the face of the planet. And I... You know, when Jesus uh, ascended to heaven, one of the last things he said is, go and make disciples of all nations. This discipleship thing is really important to Jesus. And so if, you're, if you have this burning desire to grow in your faith, to be a leader in the kingdom, then find someone who has what you want and learn everything you can from them. Discipleship is one of the main ways that we're going to uh, do this leadership development thing. But we do also have two fun little things that are happening that we can sort of piggyback off uh, in, the, in the vineyard. The first one of them, I'm going to do them right to left because why not? It's called the School of Kingdom Ministry. Uh, now, School of Kingdom Ministry is something that is currently running in pilot format, but it's basically, a, I should get one of the other guys to come and explain it, but the short version is it's, a, uh, it's a, about a six-month course. It's based in the States, and we get like a, a, a video um, that we watch here uh, with the teaching on it. And there's practicals. Um, it's run by our friend Putty Putman, who's going to be back here in September, October, which is very exciting. Um, but School of Kingdom Ministry is a wonderful way. If you, if you don't like the idea of committing to doing like three plus years of Bible college, School of Kingdom Ministry could be an absolutely fantastic way um, to learn how to be an effective minister um, in the kingdom, how to do the stuff that Jesus did. So we're going to tell you more about what that looks like um, as we get closer to next year. The other thing which is really exciting, this is something that Jen and I are personally doing, is this thing called Vineyard College. Uh, for those of us who do look at the idea of doing three-plus years of Bible college and go, that sounds really fun, um, Vineyard College is a partnership with the Australian College of Ministries. Uh, one of the things I love about this is that Jen and I have to do absolutely no uh, organisational facilitation. Uh, we just have to study, which is great. So I'm doing a master's through Vineyard College um, and it's just an opportunity to provide seriously world-class Bible college education uh, with the vineyard. 
Um, so, it's, so if that's the kind of thing that interests you, if you've considered doing Bible college, uh, then want to strongly encourage you, come and chat to us and we'll tell you how you can get involved. It's really fun. So we need to develop leaders. That's the first part of our scaffold. The second part is that something that Jen and I have realized is that um, we need to be really good at communication because uh, communities live and die based on this stuff. Uh, one of the things that we've done this year is we've, um, we've set up the welcome table. Sorry, it doesn't quite equate to that slide. I'll get there in a sec. No, it's so fine. Uh, we, we've set up the welcome table. We realize that one of the challenges we have as a community, we're great at welcoming people when they come in the door, but we're not so great at following up the, during the week. And so the welcome table is a new system that we put in place to just try and facilitate that a bit better and make it a bit more natural to welcome people and get them to fill in a newcomer card. Uh, and we have had more people fill in newcomer cards in the last three weeks than we have the entire time that Jen and I have been pastoring the evening community, which is like, whoa. So needless to say, it's been a success. And the thing that's amazing is uh, I stood up and sort of you know, jokingly taught everyone how to invite someone to the welcome table a few weeks ago, but it's been working. It's been working. So thank you for getting behind the welcome table and getting involved. Um, another thing that we've done this year is we've launched a new website as Northridge. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen this fancy new... Uh, um, I would love to replace that stock image with the real photo of some of us at some point. But um, we launched this new website because it's our heart um, that it would be really easy for us to find the resources that we need. So we've got a new resources section. And we also want to make it really easy for people who want to come and visit to find the information that they need. So if you haven't looked at the new website, I want to encourage you to get on, um, check it out. And particularly, the events section is really helpful because that's where you sign up to anything. So communication. Um, the next one is something that I'm honestly pretty uncomfortable talking about, but I'm just going to push in and it's going to be great, um, which is finances. Uh, any organization needs finances to work. Now, as an evening community, one of the fun things is that compared to the, both the Hornsby and the morning community, we tend to be the most consistent givers, which is really fun. We're certainly not the largest compared to the morning, but uh, we've, been incredibly, uh, we've been incredibly consistent. And so Jen and I, first of all, just want to say thank you so much to everyone who gives and believes in the vision with your wallets. We're so grateful because it's, it's the reason that we can do this. Um, without, without the finances, it becomes incredibly hard to keep pushing into this vision. Um, our hope is, so I, I want to show you a graph. So this is our, this is our giving, uh, actual giving this year uh, versus budget. So we've got a budget, an annual budget, of 11, uh, sorry, a, a monthly budget um, of $11,000. And that allows us to cover all of our operating expenses. It allows us to cover salaries. We give 5% of what we, we get into the VCA movement, the Vineyard Churches Australia movement. We give 5% uh, to, um, into a, a giving fund which we use to support organisations like Alpha, like Soul Survivor, like IJM, like Raw Impact. Um, and then it allows us also to... Um, we, we contribute up until uh, last month, we were contributing 20% of what we get in um, to the general fund, which helps keep the lights on, helps us buy a new um, drum kit or new leads for worship or new lights. Um, now, uh, the, the, the $11,000 budget, it gives us enough buff, buffer that month by month, when we have some months that are over and some that are under, we can kind of break even. But our heart is that we would actually expand what we're doing. We don't just want to stay the same size forever. We want to continue to grow. And one of the best ways that we can do that is by investing in people. 
So we would absolutely love it if that we could bring... We could, so Jen and I both work two and a half days a week. We would love it if we could bring on other people. Because um, when you have um, bodies in the office, it means you can get admin done. You can get all of that stuff out of the way so you can focus on doing the fun stuff, doing the ministry. So all we would ask is that we believe that giving is between you and the Lord. Uh, we don't track giving. Jen and I don't look at the bank account and see who's giving and who's not. Um, we have uh, people on the board who um, converted into like giving units so we can get a sense of what's going on with the finances, but we don't actually track it. Um, so we would just ask you to consider what you're currently giving to church. And if that's, the, if that's the amount that you're already giving, then that's awesome. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Um, but if you feel the Lord uh, prompting you to give more on a regular basis or, or one-off, then um, want to bless that between you and God as well, because we want to see this thing grow. We don't just want to break even month to month. We want to have the resources available so that we continue to support that growth. I'm done. I did it. Yes. Yes. I've never had a live question. Yes, Kath. Is this a question that you already know the answer to because you're the senior pastor? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what happens in January and April and June that if you could write what makes the money that's needed to keep the money going? Phil? <laughs> you want me to answer? Um, the truth is I don't totally know. Uh, we... Yeah, will we always... <laughs> there you go. I knew it was coming. Um, that's, that's across the board. That's across the board in church. Uh, for those on the podcast, Kath said holidays. Um, yeah, we've always, always seen that in January that tithing tends to go down quite significantly. Uh, and that's something that's always happened. I'd love for that to not happen. Um, but uh, like I said, you're making me keep talking about finances and making me uncomfortable. Um, and then we have two other things, just aware of time. Um, so we have just two other things that we want to um, briefly mention, which Jen's going to talk about. Cool. All right. Because I can smell melted cheese and it smells so good. Yeah. Okay. Let's just power through. We're almost there. Um, so these guys don't know that I'm about to embarrass them, um, but can Adam, Matt, Adam, uh, Adam, Adam, Matt, Eve, Mandy, um, please stand up and come to the front. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you guys need to give these, these crew a massive round of applause because... <laughs> okay, yeah, you get a chocolate. Um, so if you're not aware, um, these amazing people, pretty much they make Sundays run. Um, they own... They own a, an entire ministry, um, and it's taken a lot of weight off Chris and I, and it's, and it's just meant um, it, it's so good handing off responsibility to people who are so passionate about this community, who love Jesus, who love the church, um, and who love us. Um, so I'm just going to run along and let you say what you actually do, what you look after. Um, I'm Mandy, and uh, I help look after hospitality. So that's welcoming you guys with a smile when you walk in and feeding you before you leave and generally hoping you get loved. Uh, helped by an awesome hospitality team. Thank you, all of you hospitality folks out there. Uh, prayer. That's what they knew. They probably knew that. Um, I'm running a kids' ministry. Um, <laughs> It is really exciting, and we have heaps of wonderful people who are helping out each fortnight as well, which is fantastic. 
Yeah, I do the uh, worship. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that was very, very rehearsed, like all of tonight. Um, thanks, guys. You can you can sit down now. Um, but this is the <laughs> this is the crew who just make things happen. And um, yeah, we just want to honour you guys and thank you for for all that you do. Um, we just had a meeting the other week and. Um, it was a lot of fun to just hang out, spend some time together, to dream about this community. Um, but we, as a team, we prayed for every single person who's on our little list that we, that we, we would, con- that would consider Northridge Evening Community Home. Um, and that was a really precious thing. So um, just wanted to let you know that we love you guys a lot. And as a team, we pray for you. And um, that's really exciting. Um, so life groups. Um, really quickly, we understand this year has been a very difficult one. Um, we haven't had as many life groups as we've had in the past. And I know um, been a, there's been a big crew who have, I think you guys have kind of suffered not having that weekly touch point. Um, life groups are a thing that are so important to, to Chris and I. Um, it's, it's the way to invite people into our church community without them feeling overwhelmed by all of this. Um, it's... It's a, real, it's a safe space to um, do a bit of life together, to do meals together and to dig into the Bible and to learn more about what it means to do this whole Christian journey. Um, so I want to recognise and, and say sorry to the people who um, haven't felt like they've had a home, like a mid- midweek home this year. Um, and I'm excited because next term we've got a new group starting up um, and we're already planning 2020. We're going to have more groups, um, so more support, and I'm really, really excited. So I want to encourage you to get plugged in, um, to find a group, especially at the start of next year. Just get plugged in um, and have a crew who, are, who have got your back and who are checking in each week. It's really, really important to do this together because um, you're not supposed to do your faith journey alone. So that's it from me, Chris. Now, I'm aware of the time, and something we've also been working on uh, particularly is trying to keep the time a little bit better. Have you noticed that we actually publish our finish time on the What's On Now? That was intentional, uh, and it turns out the speaker who's the worst at that is me. Uh, so I'm so sorry. Um, we're going to wrap up, but the final question I want to ask is, um, I, I think it would be easy to, uh, to listen to everything that Jen and I have been talking about tonight and go, well, that, that's great. I'm glad that the church is doing that. Um, I, there's a, a very good friend of mine uh, who comes here regularly, uh, who's not here tonight, so I won't embarrass him without his permission, but um, who would always talk about church. And he'd, he'd say to Jen, and I'd say, oh, you guys are doing this thing and you're doing that. And I said, mate, can I just pull you up in your language? Can you say we? Can you say us? Can you use like the, the like, first person plural pronoun? Is that the right thing? Yeah, first person plural pronoun there. Because like, you're, you're so part of this community. Um, like you're so part of this community and you need to use language that reflects that. So the final thing is, what can, what can I do to make this happen? And when I say I, I mean you. But you know what, you know what I mean. I'm putting myself in your shoes. What can I do to make this happen? And I want to just bring us back to this verse in Acts 2. And, and I love the way that NKJV translates this. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. It's that word steadfastly. You know, this, this Christian journey, this vision that we're pushing on towards, like, I don't know if you're excited about this, but I really am. 
But you have to realize that it's not a sprint. It's, a, it's, a mar- it's an ultramarathon. Like, this is, this is long burn stuff. Like, we're taught, some of this stuff we're not going to see for 10 years or more. But we want to keep pushing there. And so we have to be willing to do the journey. And we have to be able to do it one step at a time. And the word that the Lord gave me, uh, the, the encouragement that he gave me for all of us tonight, is these simple words. He said, just keep showing up. Just keep showing up. Now, I may mean that, like, just keep coming to church. You know, it's good. It's not a very, like, in thing to do right now to do the same thing every week. Um, but it, so I might be talking about actually coming to church, actually going to a life group. It's really important. That consistency is really helpful. But more than just physically showing up, I mean, just keep showing up emotionally. When you come to church, be present. Be available. Get on your knees in worship. And you know, you know sometimes when you're in worship, it, the time that you, you need to be on your knees is not when you're totally in the presence of God and in the throne room of heaven, but it's when you're not feeling it at all. It can be the best thing to do to just to worship with your body even when your mind's not there. Just keep showing up. You know, this, this pre-service prayer is something that I'm so very passionate about. I got to go last week, and it was incredible. Like, we, we, I walked in, and they were literally just sitting on the couch listening to worship music, and I felt the presence of God so strongly the moment I stepped into that room. I would love if we had to move pre-service prayer in here because everyone that came to pre-service prayer was then just stayed for the service. Like, like prayer is the engine room that drives this thing forward. We need, I was reading James this week and it says, you do not have because you do not ask. And when you ask, you ask with wrong motives. We need to keep getting on our knees and asking God to make this stuff a reality. We need to keep getting on our knees and saying, God, is this still what you want us to do? Because if God, if God wants us to do something else, then we want to do what he wants to do. So just keep showing up. Be present. Be available. Be invested. When God puts something on your heart, Go for it with all you have. When he, when, when he speaks to you and just tells, gives you a prophetic word for someone in the community during supper, go and give that prophetic word. I would love to see that happening more. Let's keep showing up together. Let's keep doing meals together. Let's keep pushing into the word together. Let's keep worshiping God together. We want to, we, we want to see this thing grow, not for our benefit. We don't want people to think we're awesome. We want people to think God's awesome. So let's just keep pushing into that together. Let's keep showing up. Let's keep being available. And let's see this thing happen and God glorified. Why don't we stand?